0: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everyone and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast and it's a very positive one to start the the Frank Lampard tenure with uh, following um, Saturday's 4-1 victory over Brentford in the FA Cup and I'm joined by my um, guests today, um, Conor O'Neill and Gavin Buckland. Well, good afternoon, gents. Afternoon, Chris. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll start with you, um, you Conor. I mean, see a lot of the feel-good factor at Goodison even before kick-off, given Frank Lampard's appointment. He seemed to be somebody who was uh, generally appreciated by fans. But I, I guess um, in terms of the result and the way things went, I um, couldn't imagine it would have gone uh, any better.
1: No, it was, I think it was... I wrote in my you know, immediate kind of analysis is. It couldn't have went any better really for him when you when you consider what he you know what he walked into um, this time last week and what he took over probably as good as it could be. Um, yeah, I think that the feel-good factor was there for all the season before the game. I think a lot of Everton fans had that kind of spring back in the step and really looking forward to getting to, go to some park looking forward to watching the team and looking forward to the kind of the, the start of a new a new year as it's kind of be built to many. So yeah, it was it was the perfect start for part, It was a much improved performance. It was. Much much more we've come to see. I could over the years in terms of you know the fans get right behind the team, you know, and, and, and the players respond with a, a really decent shower. A bit, you know, Brentford were great and, and and probably left to take them, but I think we've all seen the season where they've come up against teams who have been there to take them and they've they've not they've not, they've not done anything, they've not picked to anything, So it was pleasing in that aspect. But yeah, I think as far as you know, Lampard only first game it was pretty, pretty impressive and you know, the, the benchmark's been set you now for, for Everton you know, and Frank Lampard moving forward, and they've got, not, they've got to match that moving forward. But they've got to build on that and keep, keep that momentum going because, you know, yourself and Phil Kirk Browse sat off the game. And although you were kind of thinking, well, that was quite good, that, you know, that was much better than what we've seen, the and prospect of Newcastle Square, right, which I'm sure we're going to touch on, means yeah. that it could all be, you know, could all be the only thing of all couple before it really gets started. So... It was a real positive start, but I think Lampard even acknowledged himself there's much more work to do, and it was it was a good it was a good basis to start things from a, a big a big week for the Blues moving forwards. Yeah,
0: um, Gav, uh, obviously from the moment that Rafa Benitez was dismissed, there was it there was a change in mood, but against um, Aston Villa with Duncan Ferguson, it didn't pan out as expected. This was this was very different, though, wasn't it?
2: Well, it was different to, to Ferguson because Frank Lampard's been a manager for two and a half years and been coaching yeah. top players in that time, so you'd expect it to be different to to Ferguson, who's obviously only just had the players for the week. Um, certainly, a different vibe to Benitez. It was just comparing the before the game, comparing the the atmosphere to Benitez's first game at the on the opening day of the season, yeah. and there were two completely different atmospheres. Um, for for obvious reasons yeah um but yeah in terms of performance and the the tempo of the play and the um you know the passing game balls being played into feet in the final third far quicker tempo um you spoke today about the flexibility of the front three as well it was a far different performance um i think connor probably overestimated how good or bad good brentford were i thought brentford were woeful. (laughs) <laughs> um they they look like a team who you could if they play like that for the rest of the season could conceivably go down uh so i thought they made it easy for us today on saturday and it was interesting lampard saying today about you know newcastle's going to be a completely different um different game and um yeah completely really different vibes to fix and benitez and um and it was all the better for it wasn't it really yeah
0: um, it was interesting, Conan, uh, they we were all wondering what sort of team he was going to play. Uh, midfield options restricted and that, that might have come into his thinking. But it was a, a totally new formation, wasn't it? But obviously it went well on the day.
1: Yeah, it did. And it, it was It was kind of, that was all eyes were on when the team news dropped, was, was how it was going to line up and what they were going to look like moving forward. And I think quite interesting, that you know, when we were in possession, it was very much, you know, 3-4-3, three, Formation of when we were out of possession, it was it, it, the, the back four, we, uh, the back three, become a back forward. With, with Vitaly Milenko dropping in at left back. So it was quite fluid. It was quite interesting. It was quite. Diff- it was clear that Frank Lampard's got a clear vision, a clear idea of what he wants to do, and why he wants to, his team to play with forward. Which I think we'll be. We're all glad for because I think under Benitez and certain other, other than Everett mentioned in the past, it's been quite difficult to understand what they're actually trying to ever actually trying to do. at times it, it, there's a lot of times where it felt like. We just had eleven players on the pitch and we were hoping for the best. So Frank's clearly got a clear vision in his mind of what he wants and what he, he sees fit moving forward. So it was interesting, but I think looking ahead to, to Newcastle, it'll be interesting if it back there tomorrow night because I think it's a, a much tougher test and like I've said, you know, Brentford certainly weren't great and they'll pose a much tougher test. And I think it'll be interesting to see how if Everton do play through the back, how, how they cope. But it was interesting Mason hold book after the game saying that they've been drills on that in the training in the training grounds of the weeks leading So again, that's a little bit push because, and obviously under Rafford there was a lot of a lot of talk there we're a very good coach, very good coached team. But you look at the, the coaching staff that Lampard brought in, it's um, it's certainly built around the modern day coaching and, and coaches coaching and and people getting on with different areas, the pitch so that will be interesting to see moving forward as well. But yeah I think I think you're right there because I think it was fluid. It did work well, but I think tomorrow night and I would certainly later on on Saturday, because they were posing much more of a threat than Brentford did. It will how Everton do at the three at the back, because like we say, it wasn't much to judge it off the weekend. Although it was good, it wasn't much to judge it off.
0: Yeah, Gavin, what did you make of the tactics? Because for those both of us who are were... Old enough to remember the Walter Smith area, sort of a bit of a shiver down the spine sometimes. The, the three or five at the back as it as it were then. This was this this was quite a different approach, though. But would you be comfortable with that going forward? Do you think you'd change? I mean, what
2: were your thoughts? Um of? some of us, as you said on Friday, I would love to remember the Harry Katak era, Chris. So um <laughs> Walter, Walter Smith is a relatively uh <laughs> middle ground for me yeah. in my ever watching career yeah we spoke about it on Friday didn't we uh formation you play and I don't think anybody said three four three no um I don't think anybody before answered said three four three but it was four two three one or four three three um yeah it was yeah it was a proper three four three as well it wasn't five yeah five two three but at the end of the two four backs to play high up the pitch and you know um, we looked all the better defensively for it which is not necessarily the same when we've done that this season we've tended to struggle with the back haven't we with three, yeah. and yeah. most of the games i've seen us play um so I, I think some of that was down to brentford uh i think going forward it depends on our midfield options i think i i don't think necessarily I mean, i'm just looking back at lampard's management career i think if we get and by the looks of things, it's not going to happen, is it really? Um, you know, one of our two our midfielders back, obviously we've got Dele Alley and Van Der Beek, whether um, 3-4-3 three, three would fit, they would fit into that system. Mm. Uh, to yeah. be honest with you, it doesn't, doesn't strike me as maybe Van Der Beek ahead of, uh, ahead of Dele Alley, but it doesn't feel right uh, to me. Get the most out of Delhi Alley you want to be playing 4-2-3-1, don't you really? Um, yeah. And playing behind the striker 4 3 3 involves and in playing out wide. Well, I don't know, he's done that maybe this season for Tottenham, but you don't, you don't know. Frank may surprise us, um, and and, and keep with it. Um, not helped, of course, by Ben Godfrey's injury as well. Yeah, um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it, how it pans out at Newcastle tomorrow and, and Leeds on Saturday, but longer term. I'm not sure he came into the club once, played 3 4 3 2 am 3 I think it's down to a depaucrity of our midfield options at the moment. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: And kind uh, of Gav's mentioned uh, there, the injury to Ben Godfrey, that obviously didn't help. with like The reshuffle, I mean, he's been playing on the left-hand side of the fence, but we had the uh, Vitaly Michalenko finally making his, his Goodison debut there, obviously, albeit in a more advanced role on the left. And then, obviously, the Godfrey injury brought Yuri Mina into the, the fray and, uh, obviously, that had an impact as well.
1: Yeah, it did. I think it was, it was disappointing to see Godfrey go off and certainly, you know, the way he went off and limped off, I mean, Gab was sitting a couple of rows with him today and it didn't look great, did it? You saw straight away it didn't look great and it, it didn't look like someone who just tweaked a muscle, or it looked quite serious, and it, it was quite alarming because you, you think mean will come on, and Yerimin is a very, very good replacement and is, is done very well for Everton. But his injury record over the last couple of years is, is quite horrific, really, isn't it? You know, he, he very rarely ever seems to get a consistent run of games, which has always been a big concern for Everton moving forward. So to be relying on him now to, to kind of make up that three man defence it, it, it is a little bit worrying because, like I say, he probably needs to do something now that he's never really done done before and that's give Everton a real consistent run of game into, into March possibly even at the beginning of April so yeah I think the Godfrey was really was, you disappointing know, because I think there was a chance for Everton just before he picked up a knock where he picked the ball up and went in his own half and drove forward and, and rolled the pitch and, and played him with Charleston and he hit a shot over but it was, it was almost like a Godfrey of old you know that, that charging one from from the back into, into the middle right up the middle of the pitch and, uh, and creating an attack and threat so it was disappointing to see but Know all faith now, and yet he coming in and, and doing a job. But like I say, I think it's a big ask because like we've all seen, he's got major, major fitness issues, hasn't he? And he's never really, you know, to get a consistent run of the game. So it's a big ask for him. It's a big ask for the medical staff to probably keep him fit in that time. So that'll be probably one that we will need to keep around eye on. But Tyler I thought got better as the game went on. I think first half was obviously he, he done what was asked of him. It was it was an assured performance. I thought he could run a little bit more in terms of an attacking threat. I, I think he, he didn't play the wing back role as much as what he what 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 probably needs to be in terms of being an attacking threat and really getting a you know the, the, the Brentford right back. But I thought second half he got forward. he, he put be a couple of crosses into the box and he looked to threat. And you know I, I think the big thing for him now and I wrote to in, in, in the piece is that he's got the perfect platform now as needs to really kick on at Everton. You know it's obviously been a tough couple of weeks for all that squad in terms of. You know, the director of football going at the start of December. Then, you know, the the, the clear bust-up between Luca Dean and, and Rafa Benitez. Dean eventually being sold. Rafa's tenure coming to an abrupt end of, uh, at the game at Norwich, and the toxicity that was around that. Then, they don't come, and, come in as caretaker charge, and the club, you know, being in a, a real state of turmoil. You know, a penny for his who's you know, during the at the start of January, walks right into that mess. You no know, doesn't speak still in a language, still adapting to life in England in the Premier League. And he's just been thrown you know, right in at the deep end. You think of was his, his debut a Hull in the FA Cup, but it was you know, a real battle. You know, Then he went to Norwich and you know, almost yeah. down for 20 minutes and things were turning toxic. So it's really been a, a baptism of some five for the young lad like He's come through. And I think now you, know, you look at, like I say, the perfect platform in terms of, you know, Frank Lampard understands modern-day football. He understands that it takes time for people to adapt to, to life in the Premier League and life in England. He's going to get game time because he's the only, the only registered left-back at, at the club in um, yeah. He's going to get plenty of game time. I think ultimately as well, you know, he's got Ashley Coleman and Leighton Baines to learn from. If you can't learn nothing off them too, yeah. you know, playing on the left, then <laughs> there's seriously something wrong with it, isn't it? Because there's no better two role models and no better two people to be getting advice from them than them two, given what they've achieved in their careers. And, since, you know, they're probably the best two left-sided players. Defensively, this this country's the Premier League scene since it started in 1992. So, I think hopefully now that we've started with a good platform for Vitaly Milenko to really kick on and, and, and grow and, and become a, you know, a real regular Everton favourite in the in the, in the heart of defence. Yeah.
0: I mean, Gav, there is a lot expected of Mik- Mikalenko, given that, as, as Connor has alluded to there, um, one of those two mentors he's got there, Leighton Baines and then Luca Dean, if you look at the two Everton left-backs that have, have gone before him, and then if you throw into the mix the fact that Godfrey is now injured, Fabian Delft, as he currently seems to be the other left back option, he, he's on the treatment table as well. Uh, Mikelenko really needs to, to start learning this um, the quickly. mean what's your assessment of what you've seen from him so far?
2: Um, course he looked more comfortable on Saturday than what he had done previously. Yeah. Um, think sometimes he can maybe you know be a bit bit more adventurous in terms of getting the ball into the box. A bit tentative. Um but I just thought I've just got this caveat that Brentford was just woeful <laughs> on on Saturday. I, d- I don't want to sound up, there's no Brentford fans listening. Though I did speak to a couple of them on Saturday evening in the city centre. Um and uh so apologies if they're if they're listening. Um <laughs> I just thought it's very difficult to judge um you know anybody on that performance to some degree. Um but yeah, yeah going going forward going forwards, I think. He looked okay. I'm just wondering though, got you out a brand weight. Was on the bench, wasn't he? On was, oh, yeah. yeah, And I'm just wondering whether there's you know, talk about playing three at the back and options. Yeah. I wonder, like, we've forgotten that he's an option. I think, is he played since Chelsea? I don't think um, he has, I'll,
0: was he? I don't think he out. has.
2: No, so I've got to remember that brand an option mm-hmm. as well. On that side, though, one of our correspondents did pick pick us up the other week when we said. Brantf left footed, he's actually right footed, isn't
0: he? Yeah, I think it's a good two footed player, but because he's so good on the left, people think yeah. he's left
2: footed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so um got caught out there. Yeah. But yeah, so Brantwaite, basically what I'm saying is Brantwaite's an option on the left hand side of defence, even a, even a full back. So McCalenko, yeah, much improved, I thought. Um, but the caveat being at Brentford were, were woeful. Um but yeah, he did he did okay. Part of several players who had really good games who've had moderate seasons he was one wasn't he uh obviously he's only had a couple of games but far better Gomez measures another holgate was another so that that was the good stuff really wasn't it from saturday
0: yeah i suppose as gaff just said um connor uh, it, it is a, a clean slate as the manager has said now for for these Players and some of them who, who maybe haven't been performing, um, if if they can um, show Frank Lampard what, what they're about, you know, would this a fresh opportunity for them?
1: Yeah, it, it absolutely isn't. I thought that was of the case. But you know, Mason Holwitz, I thought he had a really good game on Saturday. You know, he starts on the right, moves over to the left. To, to Ben Godfrey got injured and got his name on the score sheet but I thought he had a, a really, really solid game, and he's another one, isn't he? Because he's kind of been in an up the team, and you think there was times where you maybe thought he'd get the call by Rafa, and, and he didn't. You, you may be thinking, is this a sign that Raff maybe doesn't fancy him, or you know, is his time coming, coming to the end of the club because there has been rumours pretty much all season. I think about regarding his future. So I think there is it is a clean slate for a lot of players, and I think a lot of players will will have appreciate that clean slate as well because I think that the thing with you know Raff it was it was always becoming too predictable, wasn't it? I think yeah. kind of knew what plays he, he was going to pick, what plays he wasn't going to pick. You know, and the only time we really saw you know wholesale changes was was at Chelsea when his hand was forced because of COVID and injury issues. So I think it is it is a clean state. I think it'll be welcomed by a lot of players. But I think what, what Gav said there in terms of the options at the back, I think that's why tomorrow night will be so interesting in terms of the team who's now Everton in shape. But Because I think if Frank Lampard goes to Newcastle and sets up in a 3-4-3, then that shows that he, 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 he obviously thinks that's the be forward and the best way to get the best out of this team to forward. If he goes tomorrow and plays a 4 then it'll, it'll probably I like that. It'll be picking and choosing this games when he thinks the opposition they have to take and we can get at them. And there'll be other games where he thinks we need to be much more secure and much more defensively solid. So I think that's why tomorrow i team like to see news will be interesting because I think that'll give us a good indication of what Lampard's planning on moving forward. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, I spoke to Michael Ball earlier for his echo com yeah. tomorrow and you know, like he points out himself. You know, there's, there's a lot of optimism, but you know, I think there's <laughs> Four points above the relegation zone and still sitting 16th. He said, "You know, yeah. he, even though we appointed Frank Lampard, he's come in and he's given you know everyone a, a bit of a lift and a boost. Nothing's changing the league table standings, so that's why you know the next two games are so important, and, and that's why I ever, you know we need to start picking up points because at the end of the day, nothing's changing the league table from when Frank Lampard was appointed to where we are now." The Royal Blue Podcast from the
2: Liverpool Echo.
1: I mean,
0: we've spoken, Gav, about how the the back three operated in a 3-4-3 three, three formation. But Frank, in his um, press conference today, was speaking about how he was pleased with um, how his front three operated, and he thought that they all fulfilled um, different roles and offered um, different attributes within within that system. I mean, how did you see um, that one going
2: on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Um, they, you spoke about being interchangeable. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think? was quite quite clear i thought anthony gordon obviously got a lot of plaudits. um he's good at you know coming up moving inside and and uh, i thought he was he was excellent but charlison but he's not a natural and benign anyway so that helps doesn't it really <laughs> in terms of he's quite comfortable moving out wide and and the right gray as well so I thought, I thought i thought the front three played well on 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 Saturday in terms of showing for the ball receiving the ball quickly and moving the ball on quickly, which is not necessarily the case. We've been quite ponderous, haven't we, uh, with that this season. And I thought we, we, we got to, we got, we got to move the ball into the final third far more quickly and with more confidence than what we have done all season. And and we, we, we uh, got the rewards, didn't we? I can't. When, I just thinking aloud, and it's probably happened. When was the last time you saw a ball through the middle for an Everton cycle like, to score before Saturday? It's probably this season, but I don't yeah. recall one being through ball being played from the centre of midfield.
0: Maybe uh, the, the Corey one was it earlier this season. But when was it Gray who got onto the end? Of it. I'm just trying to think out loud myself. The fact that we've got to think
2: out, out yeah. loud. And even um, yeah. Last yeah. Yeah. Decore, he's a great, yeah yeah but even that was theco he was that wise wasn't he yeah you know in terms of like the opposition back four being in front yeah. then you play player in um it's not a goal that we're familiar with really uh over the last couple of uh well, last couple of managers even <laughs> um so that was good cool to see, that it came from from alan but that that just shows you how um i, I think that i thought the front three were a uh, were excellent on, on 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 Saturday and provided a different types of problem and I, th- I like the way Anthony will come in as well he won't necessarily go out wide all the time yeah and yeah. I thought he deserved a standing ovations didn't he which was yeah. always good cool to see a young player called us and get that
0: yeah um Conor another element that the new manager has spoken about is is the possession and Rafa's Rafa teams didn't tend to have much possession at all. He, he, he admitted they weren't very good with possession so he wasn't almost like he wasn't bothering with that um, it, or he, he didn't think he could fix it anyway. Lampard's been very different. Um He said that he places great importance in, in having the ball and what uh, having the increased possession can bring and Given what had gone before, and like you said, we'd only had a few days to work with the players, it, it, it was a big change. And they, they, they did um boss possession against Brentford, and it looks like it's something he wants to do going forward.
1: Yeah, it was. I never really understood that, that statement by Rafa when he kind of made yeah. like that. I thought that was always a bit stupid because you know, at the end of the day, you know, these are good football players, you are players who play on a you know a regular basis. I think they can play football, maybe not the length that you know the great Barcelona teams under Pep Guardiola play football like or you know City Manchester City do now. But I think they they can't pass the ball to each other. I think I think that is you know well within the reams of of their ability. So I never really understood that. And I think you know ultimately Lampard's got a clear vision. And I think it, it it felt to me a little bit on Saturdays if Franco Dormous kind of took the shackles off a lot of them and said, look, you know, I know you've you maybe been told to do X, Y, and Z, but go out there and play with a little bit of freedom and, and go and express yourself and get the ball down and play and look to you know runs in behind and like Gav said there, you know, when was the last time we scored a goal where the ball went straight down with another pitch and you know, everyone got, everyone was on the edge of the seat waiting to see what happened next. It was it, it, it was that type of afternoon. So I think it's clear look, I think Frank Halfball wants to play football. I think every everyone wants to see their own team play football as well. I think you know, no one wants to watch a team play where there's you know, there's, there's snow on the ball every week and you've got a stiff neck because the ball's in the air for that long. But I think we will see more implemented as we go, but I certainly think the the way Rafa spoke about the way no no one can't play football was just, just stupid, wasn't it? I think you know, if anything, I think Frank showed them up to him on Saturday that actually they can play football if if trusted to and given the freedom to. I think more than anything. So yeah, I think I think it, it looked good for Lampard, but I don't think he was up. Good, I don't think it really took that much to to do what he did on Saturday because, like I say, I think at the end of the day the, the, they're all talented footballers. These lads, I think they, they can pass the ball. there. they have not as good as Barstow and Manchester City, but they, they can do that. And I think it, maybe we maybe got a let the kited out the way they did play football because I think for some of them, they probably had that armour all along, but they just maybe not be allowed the freedom to do so and, and play and play within it the, to the best of their abilities. They've been more in control than the And I think even that under Carl under for a little bit as well, I think it was a little bit more controlled. So yeah, I think I think Everett just benefited from Lampard coming in with the clean slate and trusting the players to go and do what he, what, what he felt was, they, they could do and, and play them with a bit of freedom.
0: Yeah. Gav, considering that and that he had less than a week to work with them then, is that quite damning about Benitez or should we be praising Lampard a bit of both? i
2: um, have got to give Frank uh, more than just one game to compare him to his predecessor, haven't he, surely? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I think he knows that as well, by the way. Yeah. Um, You've got to give him half a season, haven't you? Uh, it was it was interesting that the the, the point he made about the, the was just saying about the importance of the next game, but actually he didn't say that at all today, did he? he said like the next two games. Don't yeah, keep saying you're in the context yeah. yeah, of yeah, yeah. So you know, see the big picture, which he said that a couple a couple of times about different things since he's came. Uh, so yeah, I would I wouldn't say it's damn because of, of Benitez. It's the there's a couple of things going on there, though. I didn't the, uh, the new manager bounce, but I just think his coaching team, I really like it. I said that last week, and we yeah. had a discussion about Ashley Cole, and it was interesting to see. Very much like everybody out on the pitch before the game with the players, and I thought that was good. Um So... I don't want to dismiss comparisons with Benitez, but I don't think you should ignore them as well. You you get the impression Frank, Frank wants to install as Frank Lampard view of football as quickly as as possible. Mm-hmm. And you saw that on Saturday, but to compare them to his predecessor, you have to wait till, for me, to the end of the season. Yeah.
0: And uh, one thing where really he is different, Connor, than uh, Rafa Benitez is that he's getting his name... Chanted by the fans on, on the first game, and out of the six managers that Farhad Mashiri has appointed now, has only Frank and Carlo Ancelotti um, been given that accolade? So um, he, he, he's already off to a good start in that respect.
1: Yeah, it, it was that was a very interesting part of of, of Saturday's uh, game. How, how quickly the fans began to chant his name, although there was a sub for Rafa Benitez. Uh, Jordan, yeah. it wasn't a very pleasant one as we say um, but no I think I think I think ultimately I think I think every Everton fan in the end when he, when he was appointed kind of was, was encouraged by the appointment I think we, we spoke to we all spoke at length and we all you know, wrote like at length there was never no standout candidate for this job in the first place there was never that one person where everyone went God I hope he gets it I think he's the man to, to turn the club's fortunes around he's the man to lead them forward there was a lot of divided opinion and um, there was a lot of, you know, people had different viewpoints of who should be given the job, how, how, what type of job they should be given, whether it should be an interim or whether it should be, you know, a full-time payment appointment. But I think in the end, by the time Lampard got it, and I'm not just saying this because it was a, it was a stretch yourself between him and Vito Pereira in the end, and people were absolutely petrified the prospect of Pereira getting, yeah. getting the job. I think everyone was just encouraged in the end by the time Lampard got the job, and, you know, we got a, a, a real good person more medical. but I think, I think what Gareth said there, though, I think the way Frank Lampard's his mannerisms and the way, you know, he presents himself have certainly helped people take take a liking to him. You know, you think of his first press conference last week, he was, he was just brutally honest, wasn't he? You know, he, he didn't shake, not, he didn't have you know, facts or situations he, he, or stats. He just was honest, told the truth, you know, but, but said it as it is. And I think I think Everton fans just respect people, don't do say it as it is. I think that's what they want. I think they don't want someone to make excuses. They just want people to tell them as it is. And... And, and, and say they're gonna wear cards and, and look up where he's fixing things so I think that put him on the right path and then I think what gavs said there you see him out there on, on the warm on Saturday before the game and he's right in the middle of it he's gene the, the players up he's you know he's in a tracksuit he's bouncing up and down on the sideline then when the match kicks off and fish in the air so I think I think he just he tipped so many boxes the last week that the crowd just fell in love with him the more the game went on and like I say by the time he started singing his name you know, I think everyone was, was was heading heading home happy. So, hopefully it's the start of of many more songs to come. Because, like you say, it's not not being not being after. You've heard the manager's name some positively around under some park it The
2: Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
0: Gavin, like you've said, he's he's an intelligent enough man to realise that, that you know one swallow doesn't make a summer, that just one result in isolation doesn't make him an instant um, Goodison Park um, legend. The same way Roberto Martinez was a manager who had his name sung for a time by Everton fans and we saw how sour that one finished and obviously how divisive his return would have been if he'd come back now. But like all managers, it it would be based on results, but it it is um, a difference between many of the, the recent managers that Everton have had.
2: Well, there's an age difference, isn't there, um, to the two previous ones? The, the 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 natural sort of comparison, I suppose, would be silver. Yeah. Um, and the the difference there being is silver came as a very much an unknown personally, mm-hmm. uh, and let's face it, left is very much an unknown, didn't he? Uh, I don't like Marco Silver but Lampard's great England player scored an FA Cup. <laughs> I was thinking, can't me <laughs> Can't be many sets of fans who chances chanted the name of someone who scored an FA Cup final win and goal against them, Really, can it? You know,
0: yeah. um, well, there was Norman Whiteside as well. Norman hasn't Whiteside was so thinking that. Isn't it really? Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I do think I think he he gets his name chance because he's he, because of what's gone on before, but. I, I, he's a, a big name isn't he and I think comparing them to Martin as I, I think I, I just like the whole thing to, to last week is just it's just felt slightly different and a bit more professional in terms of the coaching setup and the man, management yeah. I don't because you've got huge experience people they've got Paul Clements I spoke about this last week Paul Clements you no know, he's got the t-shirt hasn't he of coaching yeah. great players with great you know with Ancelotti and it was another thing was slightly different. I've not seen this very often. Ashley Cole was sitting in the press box, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. On Saturday, because he, uh, you know, you and see. a couple of couple of the coaching staff were, I think, so they could get a better view of the game. Just and tie that into the you know the pre-match stuff. Just a slightly different way. Yeah. Of what I've seen at Goodison before, it it appeared to be more. I hate that phrase, three hundred and sixty degree outlook or whatever but you know you know what i'm saying it, it was this yeah. big picture the big picture thing again frank was talking about it's just it's just the coaching side of it and the the the, the leadership side of it has just felt slightly different mm-hmm. um, I think, as well, and that was reinforced for me a little bit on on saturday i, th- I think as well eh, just to pick up up point perhaps gav says as well something
1: that me me phil picked up on straight in the first half whenever we're defending set pieces it really interesting Paul Clement was actually stood in the technical area and shouting instructions on at the players yes. as, as to, you know, who was to do one, you know, just clearly he obviously took ownership of of set pieces, which have been obviously a, a big problem area for Everton. But again, I think, I think I think that this all just ties in with that modern trend, doesn't it? I think I know, there was a way Green interview over the weekend where he talked about Noah Derby and his management style and he compared this to what Stephen Gerald is at Aston Villa, where they've got people in, people in the middle who were better coaches than them. They've been doing it a lot longer, and they trust them coaches to do the job that like they're tasked with doing, just their experience and the the the, the, the credibility they've got in football, and I think that was the, that's the thing with Lampard, and I think every coach he's brought in, they've got a, specific, a clear, specific role of which they undertake, and, and they look after that area, which is, is probably the modern way of doing things nowadays, isn't it? I think, you know, they've gone to the days where the manager done everything from the tactics, the set pieces, the, you know, the formation and the warm up. I think them days are, are long gone now, and it's about spreading out the spread out the burden So I think in terms of the the whole setup, I think it's a much more forward thinking modern approach than what we have been used to under he says and, and even Carlo next an extent, wasn't it? Because you know you think back to Carlo reign, there was only really his son and, and Duncan Ferguson, wasn't there? And as coaching staff, there wasn't there wasn't many many voices in round You know, and, and there's not many voices in around. So I think it's certainly very different to what whatever it been. <laughs> In the last four or five years, yeah. I mean,
0: Gav, you say that Everton looked good because Brentford was so bad, but do you change a winning team? You've got Dominic Calvert Lewin can come back in now. The new, the two new boys, Deli Alley, Danny Van Der Beek. I mean, what do you do at St James's Park tomorrow night? How do you go with it? Um.
2: Yeah, I, I, you've got you've got to play Deli Alley, haven't you?
1: Surely.
2: You think so Delhi Alley where you play Delhi Alley may dictate where you the shape of your team. Um I think Delhi Alley could still come out wide from out wide, but then who did you drop? Oh, um, Anthony Gordon that you know came off to a standard ovation to say, oh sorry Anthony, not playing on uh, on Tuesday. Um the Mario Gray's being probably our best pound for pound player all season. The I think it'd be a brave person who says to the Charlison, "You're not playing." I think it's hide behind the couch if uh, yeah. if it do that. dilemma to have though. All of a
0: yeah, sudden, yeah, yeah, it is.
2: It is. So, so if you play actually, three, four, 3 fans of beef would be he could play in the middle. That'd be an ideal settle for him because he could play more forward than any any other formation, knowing that he's got three center center backs and a Defensive midfield behind him. So three four three. He could, that that would I would say would probably be there or thereabouts. Be his yeah. best um, best best tactics for him. So that that would be interesting. Three four three definitely play Van der Van Beek. Um, then is Gomez. He had one of his best ever games on Saturday, didn't he? Um. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically, what I'm doing there, Chris, Chris. I'm just doing final because I haven't got a clue. um yeah. How to answer, which is a very good, good, yeah. uh, good way of looking at things, isn't it? Because that shows we've yeah. got got a few players. You've done well. Um, I, I think he may change it. I think he may go forward at the back. Yeah. Tomorrow. Um. But how that fits in with the players we saw on Saturday, I don't know. Um, have do you see
1: it going, Connor?
2: I, I, I'm a little bit with Gav I mean I must admit I, I
1: looked at this yesterday myself for, for a piece for, this morning and I, I was genuinely a little bit confounded <laughs> if I'm being honest because you've got you no know, Delhi, Don, Donny van der Beek and Dominic calvert can all come back in but like Gav said they do your drop isn't it and how you drop them and where you put certain players if you bring them in and I, I think I think ultimately I think if Dominic Calvert-Loon's he he's got to start I think you know he's one of, the best, one of the best forwards in the Premier League isn't he I think you know I think he's got to start, he's got to lead the line because I think although Charlton did well top on, on Saturday, I think Everton will need a focal point to same party as will need someone to play off and they will need someone to get the ball into um, because it's going to be tough. It's going to be, you know, a lot, lot different to what it was on Saturday. So I think if, if Calvert moves fit, he's got to start. But then there's so many questions off once you make that decision because, yes. you know, where do you put your Charles? And then, you know, you drop off to goal or you Bray. Know, you know, I, I think personally I think Allen Beek might start on the bench. I think he might stick with Gomez and, and Alan what was what what was what was starts on Saturday and stick with them. Um and I think he might bring you know to bring both of them on as the game goes on or if the game opens up. and um, just because neither of them have played much after in, in recent months, the, the the game time has been quite lacking for them. Yeah. So I think he may stick with Gomez and and, and, and Alan, but I think he's got a real conundrum up top because like I say I think if Calvert would fit you've probably got to you've got to play him because just the goal threat he poses. The 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 figure who he's become in the Premier League was one of the one of the most prolific kinds of forwards over the last two seasons, isn't he in front of goal because goals to game ratio. I think he's got to play with the like like we've said, it just leaves so many questions then because, you know, two into three, you know, you've got to try and get three into two, sorry, you know, three players into two positions. It's it's just impossible. And not one of them three deserves to be dropped or, or starting on the bench. So, Lampard's got some big decisions to make. But, like Gav's had there, though, I think that the only good thing is is that it's good that he's got these options because it was you know, not so long ago, a couple of weeks ago, that Everton's team pretty much picking itself. And yeah. in some, some of them games, you were praying that no-one got injured because there was, no, there was no options off the bench. So, I think it'll be interesting to see. But, you, of course, you've got Andres Townsend as well. Who obviously come off the bench the weekend and scored, you know, Frank might look to play him, is it a try and try and trusted, you know, Premier League player away from home um, in a big game. So there is options, but he's gonna to have to make some big calls. I think, you know, it might only be uh, what it be eight days into his rain by then, but I think making, he might he might be already make some big, big calls. Yeah.
0: Well we don't know about the lineup, but how about the score? So if I start with you, Gavin, prediction times, um what's it gonna be?
2: Um I was disappointed to see a score today on. Go 3-1 up on uh, Saturday because I'd, I'd forecast 2-1, hadn't I? <laughs> I know, didn't you
0: didn't like that.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, I you, which is my, where, where I prioritise my uh, match <laughs> day uh, experience. I think it's a good point. Sorry about what Cano was saying. I'm just in Cavertle might my start on the bench, but I get the, the Van der Beek and Ali sort of game time um issue. I don't know really. Uh, we have said that a lot on this pod, haven't I? I want to go when, when in doubt, I always say one all. That's my sitting on the fence. <laughs> nice. I don't go know any that. other score that I can think of. Yeah. Always go with the one all option and, you know, a couple of times a season it'll work out, hopefully. Okay. Connor, any advance on that?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go 2 1 Everton. I think they'll, they'll grind those a, a half fourth, 2 1 victory. I think uh, Frank Lampard will kick his Premier League. Ten year off Everton, ten year off with, a, with the whole three punch But
0: yourself, please, what are you going for? Yeah, that, that you know, I wouldn't disagree with that. To be fair, to be I was looking today. It's been actually a, a fairly happy hunting ground for Everton in recent. Oh, there season, we go. <laughs> there five, we go. Yeah, five, <laughs> five victories there in, in in less than a decade, and if you consider Newcastle weren't in the Premier League for one of those years because Rafa took them down, so fairly decent. Although I think last couple of matches against Newcastle. They, Newcastle got the double, didn't they, over Everton last season, but let's be positive. I mean, uh, Carlo won two one there, I think, in his second game in charge. So yeah, that maybe was
2: that his first game. yeah, that was his first away game, wasn't it, Chris? Yeah, I think yeah, Carlo yeah. was uh, yeah. Newcastle. So yeah. Yeah. Hang g- d- on so. to uh, a yeah. hang on to the cl- the longest of straws there or the yeah. shortest of straws there, you yeah. know. Yeah.
0: Well, regardless what happens, um, we'll be back with you later in the week to uh, review um, Everton's trip to Newcastle United and look forward to another huge game on the horizon against Leeds United at Goodison Park next weekend. So, thanks for both of you for joining me today, Gavin Connor. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast.
2: You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.